Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelong Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fae encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. This week, we are veering a wee bit off of our general path, but fear not, there's still some woo in this episode. A couple months ago, I was contacted by a representative from the Rockwell School of Holistic Medicine. And a few weeks later, I hopped on the phone with the school's founder and visionary, Ava Rockwell. Ava founded this school based on a need she saw for better educational standards and transparency in the world of holistic medicine. In this interview, she explains a little bit about what kind of programs this online school offers. She shares some interesting information regarding conventional versus holistic medicine. She talks a little bit about her herbal COVID protocol and passionately gushes about her obsession with what she calls the miracle elemental iodine. We also talk a teensy bit about her spiritual medicine course, which is the one that sticks out to me the most. It covers shamanism and all kinds of woo stuff. Ava and I didn't have a ton of time to talk, and there were some minor audio issues, so this is a much shorter episode. But it's definitely still worth listening to her unique perspective on all things holistic. Stay tuned to the end to get a follow the woo only coupon code, which will give you 10% off any of her programs. Let me just throw out a legal disclaimer here. Follow the Woo podcast and affiliates do not condone holistic treatments for people with serious illnesses without the advice and guidance of a medical physician. Always consult your personal physician before starting any new health program and keep them informed of any changes you make in your lifestyle. Basically, research, get informed, take one of Ava's courses, take other courses, try things out for yourself, but just make sure you're doing it in the safest way possible. I'm really busy lately. You are too, I hear. Are you like yeah. pulling your hair out, trying to get all the things done? I know, right? It's like if we could just pause time, I always joke. But what if we really could? Wouldn't that just be a great Twilight Zone episode? I would love that. I think time is the biggest mind fuck. It, it fascinates me to no end. One day you'll be like, I swear I have been waiting in this waiting room for a millennia, but it's the same time it took for you to like... I don't know, get a scoop of ice cream or something. I always joke if I could only buy time off of bored children. And could you imagine the movie that would come from that? That's a really good idea. If I could buy time off of bored children, I would have enough time to do everything I need to do. A lot of people will say it's more valuable than money. Yeah. Well, especially now, everybody's saying my time is the most valuable thing. So let me not waste yours. Let's talk first about the Rockwell School of Holistic Medicine. How did you start this? When was this like a twinkle in your eye? And then when did it become like, wow, it's live? Right. So about five or six years ago, I was thinking about going to school for traditional naturopathy. But the programs online, some of them had a nutrition book from like 1982, literally. A little dated. 
Yeah. On top of that, they're like, take 23 classes and then, you know, you're a doctor. And I'm just like, oh my God, is this a joke? Because I personally am not going to trust those practitioners. I mean, I respect your education and I know that you also have a lot of autodidactic learning, but am I going to go in and be like, Hey, what's the best way to check for an autoimmune condition? You know, Rockwell grad will say, well, we should start with Cyrex labs. It's the most advanced cutting edge testing that you can get for Mm -hmm. autoantibodies. But this other practitioner, they wouldn't even know probably at all what to say to that. So I just saw a huge need for better programming for kind of adult unschooling. Unschooling has a bad rep, but it just means studying what you actually like, um, learning on your own what you love. So that's what I saw a need for. And also transparency, like don't front like your U.S. Department of Education. And they were also handing out titles that weren't appropriate, like naturopathic doctor. And then they would get in trouble for like accidentally killing someone by giving them some natural cancer treatment. So it has a bad reputation. So I really wanted to make sure that no one who graduates from our school becomes a headline. But you do what you can to educate people in advance of that. And now schools are doing more of that. But back five and six years ago, Honestly, there were no standards and transparency. Mm -hmm. And so the point of this school is to prepare teachers to be better practitioners than what was maybe currently out there. So we really target mothers and fathers of children and then people that have elderly parents or people that themselves are super proactive on their health and are concerned about how to live their best life and manifest their full health potential and avoid and prevention, chronic disease, things like that. But if people want to become a practitioner, yes, they can go to our school. The thing is, is this is an unregulated industry. So if you want to become a practitioner of anything, you you can. And if you want to call yourself a doctor, you can call yourself a doctor regardless uh, of miniature violins. It doesn't matter. (laughs) call our programs doctorates because they're so extensive. And I personally wouldn't want to go see anyone in our field who hasn't had our education or better. And to be Mm -hmm. honest, our program is really, really solid and really, really good, but it's for people that might want to practice or um, have their own health blog, their own channel, or take their own clients or be a health advocate, health coach. And it's for people that just want to be able to help their parents and help their children help themselves, kind of making everyone literate on holistic medicine, because there's so much people go, well, if I would have known that I would have not done that for 20 years. And I don't want to say ruin my life, but you know what I mean? Are you anti Western medicine or you just kind of stay open-minded about it? No, I mean, conventional medicine has a time and place. It's incredible for acute care. It's incredible for indexing and cataloging symptoms and describing them as diagnoses. But you do hear a lot of the herbalists and people in this community go, well, screw conventional medicine. We're not going to put people in a box with diagnoses. We're going to treat the whole person. Whatever. We get it. So conventional medicine treats symptoms and holistic medicine tries to address the whole person. But most balanced holistic practitioners will say it has a time and place, but it's terrible at treating chronic disease. It's great for your broken arm or the car wreck or the emergency delivery that you can't do for whatever reason, you know? I work with an acupuncturist and recently she said in China, they have like the space where they're doing surgery and then right next door is acupuncture. They think of Western and Eastern as like a dance that you should have both. And I really like that you're not totally cutting out Western medicine. No, absolutely not. I just wish it was more integrative here, you know, because our program is actually quite extensive. And so maybe someday we can get phage therapy here. 
It's a miraculous way to get rid of um, antibiotic resistant infections that are life threatening and cause amputations or death in like two days, you know. Also, um, oxygen chambers, they help diabetic patients that are going to have to have like a limb amputated. The oxygen chambers heal these wounds almost miraculously. Oxygen is an incredible healer. And people just don't know about this kind of stuff. For example, when people get joint surgery, you can get medical ozone injections and rebuild that tissue for a lot of people. Maybe not everyone, but if there's a 50%, that's incredible. So I really want to get to where we can integrate all of that stuff. Our school completely relies on testing, and I consider that fully modern medicine. And diagnoses help guide us holistically, even though we don't treat, diagnose, or prescribe those diagnoses that a patient does have, if they're able to get it or it's worthwhile, because sometimes it isn't, sometimes it isn't. You know, sometimes you need two opinions on that lung cancer diagnosis, like Suzanne Summers. She was being rushed into an emergency lung surgery and got a second opinion, and she didn't have cancer. It was a medical error, which is the third leading cause of death in the United States. Really? Yes, ma'am. Wow. I did not know that. That's fascinating. It's hotly disputed in the medical industry, but they're really clear about it, which is kind of radical for them to be so transparent about that. That's interesting. Yeah. As somebody who has had chronic illness, I understand going through the Western wheel is discouraging and it's this long, arduous journey where, like you said, they're essentially treating the symptoms. And oftentimes when they treat the symptoms, whatever the fuck they give you gives you a side effect that's even worse than the original shit. Like a full-on secondary illness, like tartar dyskinesia, which if you're listening and you don't know what that means, that's like permanent shakes and rigidness in your body for the rest of your life as a side effect of, for example, Xanax. You know what I mean? Just pick your poison. It's a really fine balance. I do think we need tore down and rebuild holistically, but it's going to be a slow process, like translational medicine. It takes about 20 years for something new for people to figure out. Like it's 20 years. But I do have to say, I've just started going to Cedar sinai and I'm getting these doctors who are the, the best doctors I've ever been to, and they're doing more holistic stuff, and they're becoming more and more open-minded. This industry is so big. We are not going anywhere. 20 years ago, it was hard to find organic, and now it's everywhere. We are seeing a radical shift right now. Do you feel like you're in the right place? This is exactly your mission, doing this work? So I feel like I have a few missions, but would I say this is kind of my main life mission? Yes, I would. One of my biggest missions is to spread iodine medicine to the world because it's so curative. I mean, there's so much evidence for it. And, you know, there's things like that, that I really want to bring to the world. Like why would anyone get a surgery if they can try medical ozone to rebuild their joints and tissues? Why have that downtime in physical therapy and that permanent scar or risk of the medical error, you know, I have people right. that have had bandages sewn back in them and then getting infections. Like if you can reduce risk, why not? That is my life mission to help the masses know that they can be informed and have a choice. Mm-hmm. And th- this is a fully online school, right? It is right now. Yes. We are actually trying to get our nutrition program NAMP certified. And we're also working on getting our vitamin program certified. So that way anyone in the United States can practice legally with the nutrition, but we have to add 150 physiology and anatomy hours. And we're working on that. As part of that transition, we would make some of our classes be with a live instructor for a certain time. But I do dream of opening up a place where we can have yearly clinicals and practicals and offer kind of like a a clinic or possibly even a free clinic to the public. But that's maybe be down the road in the next five years. And your team, I checked it out online. They're mostly women and you have a lot of people of color. And I think my listeners definitely know that a lot of this holistic alternative medicine, naturopath, this realm is just white people. 
A lot of times it's a lot of white dudes too. Especially in the herbalism sector. Yes. It seems like you have some elders and how did you cultivate that team? So some of our students are in school to become a physician assistant, which is basically a doctor without an internship or a residency. Same thing with nurse practitioners with just slightly different educational curriculums. But they're basically, you know, doctors like in our program. But we have other people that will just be like, hey, I'm really interested in this and I'm interested in maybe writing a lesson or we'll just be like, hey, we're looking for someone to complete this new lesson coursework. Is there anyone that wants to write an outline? And then someone who has these incredible credentials, like they're already a professor for public school or college. That's kind of how it works. All of the people that are there are either students or graduates. And they already come with a lot of credentials and a lot of self-taught learning. And they're incredible. And I'm just not the kind of person that thinks that you need a PhD to contribute to a curriculum. I'm just more grassroots, just like keep it real. We all have something to contribute. We help people. We provide information for people to heal themselves and give them choices just so they can make informed decisions. We're all about freedom of choice, you know. You teach best at the apex of your own learning, I think. You have a lot of programs, but I was really interested in the spiritual medicine program. What is that? And why do I want to take it? Or why does somebody want to take it? Okay. So the spiritual medicine program is sun drenched in everything you want to know about the other side. So our regular programs address kind of the material plane and the spiritual medicine, it combines a lot of religious study of everything like Zoroastrianism, witchcraft, Judaism, Islam, Christianity. We also talk about colored waters in India that they use, like solar waters. We talk about iridology. We talk about all kinds of esoteric healing and shaman stuff, Ibogaine, wandering aesthetics. We talk about the Aghori, different sects of the Hindu groups. We are constantly revising it, but basically it's just about all of these different cultures and how they do healing and their religious practices. We have a section about the book Be Here Now by Ram Dass, who passed away a couple of years ago. When I first read that book, it's so moving. I feel it opened my heart so much. I wept through much of it. What that led me to do is open more doors, to dig in deeper. And the guru in the book is kind of my guru now. And I came to find out later on that this was a very famous guru, Julia Roberts and the Mark Zuckerberg, these people follow it, Steve Jobs. I had no idea. And there's some stories as I started to dig around about my guru. There's several books written about him. And one of them is that, you know, these people are treating this man pretty badly because they think that he's poor and homeless, but they don't know that he's actually a very, very famous guru. And my guru says, you don't know if someone is bad or good. So love everyone. And who is the guru? It's not Ram Das, is it? Or No, no. The, he's referred to as Maharaji, but he has his own story and his own history. Like, I said, there's several books written about him. And then also in the book, Be Here Now, that Ram Dass wrote um, about Maharaji is the lead character in the whole thing besides the guru. And that guy is who led Ram Dass on his path of enlightenment. See, he has his own story and it's called It's Here Now, Are Hmm. You? So we talked about in our preliminary call, the magic of plant medicine, but I don't remember what that was about. Tell me about the magic of plant medicine. I, I wonder if you're talking about iodine, the miracle of iodine, or maybe, you know, Ibogaine for opiate addicts. Ibogaine is essentially, you know, a cure-all because it scrubs us all clean of the half-life, which causes dope sickness, which is the major perpetuator of the reinclination of the drug addict to continue to use. But this also works psychologically. That's what Ibogaine does. I mean, it, it cures everybody, but also this scrubs the mind clean, the soul, the spirit. It's, to me, that is quite miraculous and, and it should be free for everybody. And how do you spell it? I haven't heard of it. I-B-O-G. 
IBO, IBO gain with an E. And it's incredible, you know, and, and mm-hmm. technically Ibogaine is actually, to my knowledge, two plants combined. And it's a traditional shamanic thing. Oh, it is. Okay. And Got- you need someone to be with you for about 24 hours. It does carry some risk, but I mean, there's, there, there is no risk compared to the risk of being an intravenous drug user. Is that South American? Would, would that be where you would need to go? There's a clinic in Vancouver and it's only like $2,000 for treatment. Then there's Mexico places you can go for like 10,000. And then there's um, a place in the UK. But yes, you are right. Um, some places in like South America. For myself, to be honest, I think that they need to do it clinically with a, a clinician at a, like in Vancouver or something. Because I think the travel and the stress, it's there's too many triggers involved. And they're just... They're so fragile, I feel, you know? Yeah, they're already susceptible to issues. You mentioned the Indian time warp, which I've been dying to hear about since the beginning of our first (laughs) chat on the phone. What the heck is the Indian time warp? Okay, so a while back, I would sometimes late at night, if I wake up in the middle of the night, look up something interesting. So I'm reading these Indian stories and some of them are just so scary. Like I just literally can't even finish it. But one of the stories that I thought was particularly interesting was these two brothers. One of them was like, you know, we're going to go late at night because it's our only time. We're both off work. We're going to drive to this village. And, you know, he's like, but everyone had told us not to. They said that that there's a, a haunted forest and that, you know, we should wait until daybreak, that we should not go. But we're like, no, it'll be fine. Right. So they go, they go. They're like, everything seems kind of fine at first. But finally, as like the darkness settles in, they find themselves traveling between farms and they say that they see a cow in the pasture and the house with the light on. No big deal. Right. Until they keep passing it and they keep passing it. And they keep passing it. And they're like, okay, seriously? And it's starting to get more and more eerie. And his brother was kind of further behind him and he would holler for him. And he's like, hey, are you still there? You know? And he was like visibly like sounding like he's totally freaked out, his voice shaking, you know? He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm on my way. I'm coming up. But the one who was ahead was the one who was experiencing the loop. And the story is much more scary than what I can translate here. And it's been a while. I tried to find it. And it's one of those things that like I really had to dig around to find that story. But I'd started just doing some research and it ends up being like, and it's actually a commonly known thing in India. Like if you ask an Indian person about a time loop, they're like, oh yeah, you know, like that's a common knowledge. You know what I mean? So I had this weird story happen. Okay. Oh my God, this is so weird. And I've only told one person about it. I live in an, on a little island. It's called City Island and there's a big bridge and it's one mile across, right? And I can just drive down there to the start of the bridge, get out of my car and walk a mile over across and a mile back. And I got two miles in really quick. And in the meantime, like I'm doing this side project and I need a photographer for it. And usually when I hire photographers, honestly, I don't have good experiences. I just haven't. I really need that that spontaneous newbie photographer that can really catch me in the middle of a laugh. He's not trying to orchestrate this perfect pose or whatever. So I pass this guy at the same time while I'm thinking that I need a photographer. And I pass this guy with a backpack and I memorize his outfit because he stands out because he's really tall and his lens is really long and he's older and he has a specific backpack with a specific shirt. I notice him and I was like, well, I bet he would be a good person to talk to, right? But then I get that suspicious part of me like, oh, I bet maybe he's a bad guy, right? Just I just can't help it. What if he's a pervert? What if he's a trial molester? You know what I mean? Yes. Terrible. And then I guess who pops in my head? My guru. And he says, well, you don't know who anybody is. Love everyone, remember? That was his law. Love everyone. That is it, period. End of fucking story, right? So what I tell myself as I'm walking by, thinking about all this, I, well, if I see him again, I'll talk to him the next time I see him. Okay? Okay. 
So I'm walking across the bridge. I'm halfway across. I'm going under the bridge to go to the other side. Okay. I see that dude ahead of me standing there taking pictures again with the long lens. And I'm like, that cannot be the same guy. First of all, I was like, this is a trick on me. And I think it's Maharaja. He's playing a trick on me. I have a class coming up. I only have very limited time to get this hour walk in, right? Because it's exactly half hour each way. And I'm also kind of freaked out. So I didn't go up to him and talk to him. But I was like, how did he get ahead of me? I'm not kidding you. I mean, like that really, really happened. But I just wish I could just go back and check, like, where did my memory error me? Or was it really a spiritual experience? Because I said, the next time I see him, I will talk to him. And I see him five minutes later. I was going to go up to him and be like, dude, I seriously know what you did. But you didn't talk to him? You- I didn't, but... But I kept looking back and I kept looking at the bridge and there was no one there anymore. Have you seen him since? No. It was almost like some weird little lesson for me. The opportunity, whenever you see it, go for it. Don't wait. And it was a very gentle lesson. It wasn't like a big deal. Like, you know, I'm just walking. I'm way ahead of this guy. I'm young. I'm a half mile ahead of this guy. And then he's in front of me. It was very Twilight zone Yeah. The loops with the time and all of that stuff is mind-blowing. I really want to look into that. I have heard vaguely people who have had this like, oh my God, I feel like I've been here, but not I'm literally driving by the same cow over and over again. And they sometimes say like, you know, they don't know if everybody gets out of them and they can feel really scary when you're in them. And the other one is they have a lot of poltergeists in India, like these vortexes for some of these houses. And you'll just hear like, chaos, you know, moving your blankets, moving your pillows, slamming your doors, really weird shit like that. You saw a lot of poltergeist stories for India, like firsthand accounts, like me talking to you, not like some storybook. So Google Indian ghost stories on Reddit. I'm definitely going to do that. Thank you for sharing that. That's fascinating. Let's talk about fear. How do you deal with fear and how do you think about it within the framework of your school? Okay. So fear has just gripped me. It's weird because I have this like indomitable spirit where I have a lot of courage, but at the same time, sometimes like fear will grip me. Like if I'm in a vulnerable position or if I'm putting myself out there for the first time and I haven't maybe found my own voice or my own style or my own branding, if that makes sense. And I'll have those trepidations, which is exactly what's been happening For, for the past five years. I haven't really put myself out there. I've been comfortable hiding behind the scenes. And now it's just been the time for me to put myself out there because I have a lot of information to share. But also if your fear is bigger than your message or your message is bigger than your fear, which one wins? And for me, my message is obviously always bigger because if my fear is bigger then I obviously wouldn't have the courage to do it. But when I heard that concretely, it gave me courage. And I was just like, oh, well, my message is really important because I might help someone have a better quality of life for however long, you know? And how do you tie that into the concept of karmic illness? Like if people are holding on to illness in their body, you had mentioned that term karmic illness. How do you deal with fear in relation to that? Okay. So before I answer that question, I want to throw this out before I forget it. So one of my favorite quotes about fear is that fear is the toxicity that attracts negative energies. Mm. And that I feel is really a powerful thing, you know, to keep in mind. And if you feel like you do have a a karmic illness, kind of like you're doing everything on the material plane, holistically, complementary, integratively, alternatively, whatever you want to call it or do with modern medicine without it, and you're not really seeing gains, then perhaps you might have a karmic illness and you may or may not want to talk to a shaman or two. It reminds you of those stories where somebody's like, oh, I've had this pain in my shoulder and it's debilitating. And I've gone to all these doctors and I've gone to all these holistic people and I've tried every test you can ever think of. And then they finally, because they're so desperate, go to a shaman and the shaman's like, hate to break it to you, but you had this demon in your shoulder and I got it out. And then that person doesn't have the pain anymore. 
that's how all that stuff is. It's so controversial. Yeah, it, it appears to be mostly anecdotal. You know, you're not going to see any studies on that. But I have another example on a smaller scale of that. So I have known two people. Let me give you each story. One of them is a guy who had what I would typify as IBS symptoms, but severe, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and he went to go see a hypnotherapist and he never had the pain again, which to me is outrageous. We're talking about really like normal guys that they might do yoga at best. Then I knew another guy who was not holistic at all. Okay. Almost probably make fun of it, but he would see a Reiki master and he would get these terrible diverticulitis bouts from stress and diet, but he would go and see her. I mean, he would almost like have to be hospitalized and he would go and see her and it would almost remove all the pain, but he would have to go to her regularly because it would rebuild back up for him. But for me, I'm like, oh my God, whatever it is, I'll do it. You don't know what you're going to do until you're in that situation, right? Yeah, 100%. So let's talk about COVID. Intubation scares the shit out of me. And our program talks about people waking up with intubation delirium. And it's very, very scary. But I do know of people secondhand that have been intubated and they're okay and fine. But I am like the feral cat. Don't cage me. Don't corner me. Just let me (laughs) die of my worms or whatever. But my favorite supplement for COVID is N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC or NAC. And my favorite brand is Life Extension, which you can get on Amazon. And you can get a small bottle if you want or a big bottle. But I like to take two a day when I take it. I like to take my vitamins at least four days a week. Do whatever you can. But they studies show uh, repeatedly that with NAC, specifically with COVID and influenza, that people that are taking two of the pills a day, which is kind of the supposed upper limits, I am totally convinced you could take a lot more. That would be considered a healthy dose by conventional medicine, which is what is doing these studies, that people taking the supplement, 80% infected will be asymptomatic. Wow. Yes. And of the group not taking it, only 20% will be asymptomatic. NAC has been studied for 20 years and it stands for N-acetylcysteine and it's a precursor to glutathione. It's a master antioxidant in the body, but that is just the cherry on the top. NAC does so much more. It helps strengthen the lungs, expel fluids. It's on par with iodine. It's almost like a miracle thing that almost everyone should probably take for a lifetime. Like I said, if you do three or four times a week, you know, you're good. But if you really want to build up your immune system, in my opinion, I did two a day for a long time, but I'm also doing iodine and selenium and some other minerals. But we do have a COVID protocol on our website. So if you go to our website, you can email us for that protocol and we'll give you a link up to it. And it's actually like a live updated document. So if we make changes to it, everyone will get changes and they can keep it bookmarked, you know, as we learn more. Do you take a multivitamin? How do you feel about them? (laughs) Okay. So we have a new vitamin course. It's not published yet, but it is being integrated into our nutrition program. And we're actually seeking third-party certification for our vitamin program alone, but also our nutrition program. So people can practice legally. So as far as the multivitamins, I usually shy away from them because when it comes to vitamins, we're talking about really, really micro elements of atoms mirroring each other and whether the vitamin C matches the reverse mirror or the natural mirror and whether you're doing absorbic acid or you're doing a natural form of vitamin C. Like Mm. it is super, super science. Like if you get too much vitamin A without enough vitamin D, they can each cause their own illnesses. Too much iodine without enough selenium, they can each cause their own issues, right? So people don't know, like vitamins have usually like best friends. They have pairs, there's synthetic versions, there's natural versions. And the multivitamins, I always find that they there's always something wrong with it. But just now I am taking a new mushroom multivitamin. I don't take it all the time, but I'm excited about it because mushrooms and herbs, you know, they provide so many minerals and nutrients. Sometimes even if you just take like a nettle infusion, you're getting 
tons of all the micronutrients that you need versus some nasty ass capsule filled with fillers. You know, I do take some of these things sometimes, but don't make it your life thing. But iodine, I call it the miracle elemental. I read four books on it. We have a 90 page reference guide in our class. If you buy our naturopathic oncology, which is natural cancer care treatments class, the iodine class comes in that for free because you can't really talk about cancer prevention without iodine. So iodine, according to these four books, is said to prevent, I want to say 70 to 80% of endocrine-based cancers, which include the thyroid, the pancreas, uterine, ovarian, prostate, breast, things like that, because we have tons of iodine receptors in our endocrine system. And just like we have an endocannabinoid system receptors, we have and the sicker you are, the more receptors you have for endocannabinoids. We have iodine receptors and iodine in chemistry is called a halide. It's known as the halide family of elements. And there's only a couple of them. And the only good one is iodine. The other ones are, they're, they're villains, bromide, chloride or chlorine and fluoride. And we're getting this from our toothpaste, our chlorinated water, our bathtubs. Whenever we get in the pool, also we're getting bromide from Mountain Dew, soft drinks. We're getting it from flame retardants and our kids' nightgowns, our furniture. We're just soaking this up. And so all these villainous halides, they come and they sit on our iodine receptors. They're like, eh, eh. we're so similar <laughs> molecularly that we can fit in here, but we're a bad fit. Women get fibrocystic breast disease. They have knots in their breasts, pain in their breasts every month or chronically. Because some women don't just get it cyclically, they get it chronically. And mm -hmm. if you take it for just a couple of days, guess what? Almost all of your breasts are gone. And that's what iodine can do. And women are on thyroid medications that are not having their iodine tested. And like all the studies show that almost everyone, like 90% or more people are iodine deficient. So it's pretty wow. safe to bet that you are. But what happens is when your thyroid starts working properly, it increases the uptake of iodine. So these women that are taking thyroid meds without iodine supplementation are further decreasing their iodine, which makes them 50 to 70% more likely to get breast cancer. The rates for a woman taking thyroid medication for breast cancer are astronomical compared to a non-thyroid medicine taking peer of hers. Women, you have to get your thyroid levels tested. Most women on thyroid meds are in the know. They are already on selenium and iodine, but there's still a large portion of our society that aren't. And I just think that it should be medical malpractice to give someone a medication that's going to increase iodine uptake when not supplementing iodine, which does not protect their body. You know, this is such common sense. And the medical doctors are being taught 1950s science on iodine, and it's outdated. Like I said, I read four books on it, and they're condensed into a program for you. But it is basically like people have reversed prostate cancer with megadoses. You know, I don't always take my vitamins, but I do feel iodine should be like it is a lifetime thing once you are educated about it. You know, there's like two major contraindications, and our course teaches what those are. People need to get a little bit educated about how to take it, what brands, because there's crap out there that they shouldn't take, or they're just going to take iodine and not selenium, and that can mess up the thyroid too. You know, this is just something that should be taught. In health class, but unfortunately it's not. So, well, it's incredible what you're doing. I really want to take one of your courses. I'm especially interested, of course, in the spiritual medicine program and the COVID and the iodine, but there are a couple other ones too, that I can't remember. I have to loop back around. Yeah. And we're going to give you a code for 10% off of any of our programs, the biggest to the smallest. And our major program that combines all of our programs is already 15% off. So with the 10% off, it's almost 25% off. You know, you can't beat it. Well, I'll tell you this. I am 100% more interested in researching Ibogaine and mushroom multivitamins and iodine and NAC after this conversation with Ava. At the end of the day, I 
think we have to admit we just don't know even close to everything there is to know about both the holistic and conventional medicine worlds. There's just so much anecdotal evidence for holistic practices and ancient spiritual healings that haven't gotten their time yet in the traditional world of research. And frankly, some of them may never really make sense within that traditional framework. I agree with Ava, and I think it'll probably work out best for us to deeply integrate both realms of medicine. Hopefully safely, over time, that kind of integration will actually come to fruition. As promised, the 10% off code for any program at Rockwell School of Holistic Medicine is follow the woo 10. That is follow the woo and then the numbers one zero afterwards, all one word. This is an online-only school, so you'll just plop that promo code in your checkout screen and you're good to go. You can check out all the programs Ava and her amazing team has available at schoolofholisticmedicine.com. You can also find them on Instagram, at School of Holistic Medicine, and Facebook, at Rockwell School of Holistic Medicine. All of that info, including the promo code, will be available to you in the show notes for this episode. If you have any specific questions about this episode or if you've had a direct spiritual healing experience that you want to share, or if you have a true freaky time loop story to share, you know what to do. Email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Thank you for following the woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow the Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the Order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a Woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 